Lord, may it not be just with our voices that we sing hallelujah, but may it be with our lives. That we say hallelujah, joyous praise in song to the creator of the universe. We worship you. We praise your name. Jesus, we thank you that you came 2,000 years ago on this earth, not just to live, but to die for us, that we could live and have that resurrection life, not only on this earth, but for eternity. Oh, to know the beauty of that, to understand the depth of your glory, the depth of who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray that this evening, Lord, that we would just have a glimpse and an understanding of who you are, of your beauty, of your righteousness, that we would worship you with all that we have, all that we are, with our entire lives. We give you the glory this evening. But I thank you that we're not just here to, to have a service, but we are here to glorify you. We are here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for sending your son. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can all be seated. do this every year, um, and it's such a precious thing, just, first of all, just to acknowledge what the, the Lord has done, um, you're going to see a compassion video in just a moment, and uh, this is an opportunity we give you guys just to, as we're starting, ending one year and starting another year, it's been an amazing year, right? Everyone's like, yep. <laughs> It's been a year. You put the blank in there, whatever you want. It's been a year. Uh, but one thing that we've seen out of this is uh, we have had such an opportunity. It's making the most of every opportunity. We have had such an opportunity to bless so many people all across Colorado, praying for probably, I don't know, 10,000 people. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's been... I don't even know how to calculate the numbers, but we've, we've helped over 3,000 people financially. And, uh, yeah, and you guys are the ones doing it. It's not, it's not me doing all this work. It's you guys. It's, it's the body of Christ being the body of Christ. And, and I said this in the earlier service. I just want you to know that as we, as we do these things, this is not about the rock. Uh, this is about the body of Christ. I know we have other pastors here, and, and we, we meet every Thursday with, a, with a, all the, a lot of the pastors in the area in this region. We pray together. We seek the Lord together, and, uh, and it's all about his kingdom. It's for his glory, and so I'm just so encouraged uh, with what the Lord is doing in this region and how he's using each one of you. 
Uh, we're partnering with Douglas County in so many amazing ways. I can tell you, I say it over and over again, but I mean, we have amazing commissioners. We have uh, an amazing county that is that loves the Lord. We we have a county that that they actually seek the Lord. They seek His wisdom. They seek His counsel. They worship Him, and uh, that's that's not that's not normal. Uh, <laughs> but it's good and. And it's making a difference in this area. I think, I know, I won't get into the details, but there's, there are things that are, are happened and have happened here in Douglas County that other places in the state and in the nation are going, how do you guys, how do they do that? How do they pull it together? And there's just, it's the unity of the body of Christ. It's the unity of his church coming together. But one of the things you're going to see here in this compassion video is just how we're able to impact and touch the lives of so many. Uh, and we couldn't do it without all of you. Uh, I just, I got to highlight just one person over. I, there's so many people I could highlight. Um, but just, we have a pastor, Ed, and his wife, Dan, over here. And they, they, have, a, they have a church up in Denver. And, uh, and they, he comes in every week and, and gives us thousands of pounds of food, of meat, that we can then distribute out to, to help so many people in need. But that's, that's churches helping each other. And so... We're, we're just so honored and blessed to, to do this all together. Uh, by the way, I just want to give you an opportunity. Uh, we have one of the things we do is on Saturdays, Saturday mornings from 9 to 11. Uh, we won't be doing it the next two Saturdays, but we typically do it throughout the year. And, uh, and we're just we're doing distribution of, of food, and, but we pray for every couple, every family that comes through here. And, and on a weekend, we'll do anywhere from like four to 7,000 pounds of food that will get distributed out uh, just to bless people that are in need. You're going to see it in the video. And, uh, and that is huge. But we need, we need more people to help. We need just volunteers. So if you ever, if you want to come and help out on a Saturday, um, just to, you can help with the food side, you can help with the prayer side. Uh, then we also have like on Thursdays, we we do a, a hot meal, and we serve anywhere from, depending on the week, 150 to 220 people. Are, and they come in, and, and we give them hot meals. And, but we have teams that prepare the meals here on Thursdays. And uh, we do the Winter Shelter Network in partnership with other churches where we're, we're housing homeless women and children throughout the winter months from November 1st to the end of March, uh, taking care of them, feeding them breakfast, lunch, dinner, getting people back on their feet. And we're in a time where uh, I've been talking to people and, and they're like, man, I've always been on the giving side. I, I didn't, never thought that this would happen to me where I actually need the help. And, and, and I can tell you that, especially this, in these times right now, there are people that, that think, oh, I'll never be there. And then all of a sudden something happens and they're there. This is where we become the body of Christ and we lift each other up. And then when they're good, then they can help other people. And that's, that's how this works. But we all do this as we love each other and it's for his glory and we see his kingdom come. We see his kingdom come now. So, amen. I could go on and on. My wife told me to keep this part shorter. <laughs> so I'm going to stop now. I want you to see this video, okay? Rock family, thank you for all your generosity. 
This year, more than ever, we saw you put your faith to work and demonstrate God's goodness by your willingness to share and to serve. 2020 turned out to be a very different year than any of us had planned, but you were quick to rise to the occasion and to help our community when they needed it the most. Because of your giving, we were able to help over 3,000 people this year. Now, sometimes it's easy to smile and nod at numbers like that, but I want the weight of it to sink in. Remember, every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every one of those stories matters to God. In addition to offering assistance to people, we are also offering the hope that we have in Jesus. We are praying with people, seeing their lives transformed by the power of God. Take a look at how Greg's life has been completely changed. Yeah, I want to share my testimony with you all. 24 months ago, I went through a, a very dark period, starting a, a, the advent of a dark period of my life. Went through a divorce, a very painful one, and lost a job, a dream job that I'd had for many decades. Uh, I chose alcohol as the catharsis, the, the panacea, and it only embellished in the problem and made a lot of poor decisions you know, based off of emotion versus intellect. Led me into a very dark, spiraling, you know, downward spiral. Um, some people from The Rock were out ministering and they found me and brought me to the Lord. I came to the service, the first service ever on Sunday, walked into the sanctuary and the Holy Spirit just filled my body with fire. It was absolutely breathtaking. Um, the Rock has so many resources that I personally have benefited from and I've seen a lot of friends benefit from. wonderful feeling. I've never been wealthier in my life now that I have the Lord, you know, seeing through the eyes of Jesus. And I've been able, I've had the good fortune, the blessing to pass it on and to help out other people to bring them to the Lord. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, I am so thankful for the people of the rock. It's amazing what God is doing. We're also seeing it on Saturday mornings at our food bank. As we pray for people in the pickup line, we're seeing healings and salvations. People who have fallen on tough times are showing up for food and they're leaving with so much more. When uh, Corona first hit, uh, it hit my, my business uh, pretty hard. Um, I had to lay off two thirds of my crew um, and it really cut my income uh, over half uh, is what I lost. So we end up, uh, we hear about the food bank that the church has, and um, it's super humbling. I mean, as a, as a guy, um, I have, my ego's massive, so, and my pride is even bigger. Um, but really coming here and getting a, a ton of food, which was awesome, um, really people just prayed for us, and that was really one of the, the greatest, or the greatest thing for me, um, as far as being ministered to, getting, physically fed and then really just being encouraged in the Lord during that time because it was it's a it's a tough task especially being new to the area your faithful generosity has made it possible for us to help families when they need it the most we're helping keep the heat and the lights turned on or to get the car repaired when it seemed like there wasn't a way 
When families in our communities fall into hard times, it's your generosity that helps them get back on their feet. But we aren't just meeting their physical needs of food and shelter. We're able to go beyond that and give them the peace and joy that comes from the presence of God. There are so many great charities that do a lot to help people in need. But when you give to The Rock, our organization, and especially our people, use your gifts as a tool to open a door to minister to souls that would have otherwise never heard about Jesus. Listen how one family has made it their priority to reach out and be a blessing. And they're even bringing their kids into the process as well. It has been such an honor and joy to partner with others at The Rock this year and be part of the, the body of Christ and meeting the needs of those here in our community that have had a hard time this year. Not only are we meeting the physical and tangible needs, but we're opening up the door to make an eternal impact from being part of the Saturday Food Bank and getting the honor and privilege to pray with people and really get to know people and where they're at. And then also being part of going out into the community and meeting with local hotels here and bringing our children along and really making this a family event. There is no junior Holy Spirit. The kids are so vital and important to carry out this message of the kingdom. And we're just so honored to be part of that. Exactly. It's been nice to see how the kids have been um, impacted by that. Like they look for opportunities. Um, even now we, we've been helping out at the blessing room. And then I know um, you've been helping with the prayer line on Saturday mornings. It's like we all just do our little piece, but the kids just, just enjoy it. And, and I'm just excited to see what the Compassion Fund can do for the upcoming year and all the families that can be impacted. Even people are just going through hard times and 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 the church and with all the physical needs that we can give, but all the uh, money that comes along with that to impact their lives. I thank you for all the giving that has happened in the past, but just excited to see what we're all going to do as a body for 2021. We are so thankful for all that you've done and all you are doing. Please continue to partner with us so that in 2021, we can help even more people. We would ask that you prayerfully consider what you can give to continue to make an eternal impact in the lives of those living in our community. Guys, give yourselves a hand. Thank you. So that was 2020. We're moving into 2021. And uh, <laughs> we've talked to Douglas County. We're realizing, like, things are probably not getting easier. Uh, things, you know, from a, just a physical standpoint, I think there's going to be some difficulties out there. So for those of us that, that are blessed right now, we just get the opportunity of just blessing others. So we are going to receive an offering. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, please... Don't feel any obligation to give. Uh, just do as the Lord prompts you. Just uh, if the Lord puts it on your heart, then great. And we want to just sow into helping people uh, that are in need this year. And so I can tell you, every every dollar that that goes into the Compassion Fund will be used to help people in need. It doesn't go into the church. It goes into a separate fund uh, to help people in need. And uh, we were looking at the numbers, and I think it's it's over 80% of the people that we're helping are actually outside the church. There's so many people that, that are needing help outside the church. We want to help those, like, in the body of Christ, but also outside the body of Christ. So there is no, there's no requirement of who gets helped and who doesn't get helped. Anyone in need <laughs> gets helped. 
We want to help those in need and then share the love of Jesus with them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you guys can come forward. And, and uh, let me say, too, I forgot to mention this, that if, uh, if you do want to help, you can just email. If you want to be a part of just the volunteering efforts that we're doing, you can email family at therock.org. Family at therock.org. And uh, just say, hey, I want to help. And then we'll get you connected. We'll get you plugged in uh, to helping out any way you want to help. Uh, last thing I'll say, we'll, oh, we've got this up here. Thank you. And uh, so you can, you can go online. You can give that way. You can do it through the mobile app, uh, text to give there. Um, and then also, if you're going to do a check, if you would, uh, just write in the memo line, either Compassion or Food Bank, or, or if it is for tithe, just please put tithe so we know uh, where, the, where the funds are to go. So we're going to pray. All right. If you'll bow your heads with me. Lord, we're just so thankful that we get to come and have an opportunity to give back to you, Lord. And we're thankful for how you're using your body, the many churches here in Castle Rock, and partnering with our county. Lord, we thank you that you're giving us opportunities to help those in need, that we can be a resource, Lord, to be your hands and feet, to represent Jesus on the earth. And I thank you that as we just meet the needs of people, their hearts are open to hearing about you. So God, we thank you and we want to sow into what you're doing in this community to bless others and let them be a part of your kingdom. So Lord, we give you thanks tonight. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. By the way, if you are doing the text to give, you can just you go to the drop-down menu and um, you can just go to Compassion or to Food Bank there and, and do it that way. So... Well, as we're passing the offering buckets, I'm going to just share a, a short word with you, and uh, then we get to go back and, and light some candles and uh, have some fun. Not too much fun, though. We don't want to burn the place down, right? <laughs> uh, let me say this. I, you know, as, as we look at the birth of Jesus, um, it was in one of the, the darkest times uh, in history. It was a time when there was, uh, we had the, the Roman rule, uh, the Roman Empire, and there was, uh, the Romans were on one side, and then you had, on the other side, you have the Parthenian, um, like the Persians uh, on the other side. So you have two empires, and they're strong empires, and then you have little Israel in between. And, uh, and the, uh, the Roman Empire had really kind of just taken control of, the, of this region, and, um, and there was so much oppression and taxation uh, it, was, it was a dark time for them. There was a lot of craziness happening at that, happening at that time. And, and yet, this was the very time that the Lord chose, that God chose, to send his son. And, uh, I, you know, I would say, if it were me, if I were God, uh, thank God I'm not, <laughs> but I would go, well, let's, let's wait till, till the times kind of change a little bit. Let's wait till things get a little better. Then I'll send my son. Because, you know, this is, these are crazy times. So let's, let's just wait till things kind of lighten up a bit, and then I'll send him in. But, but God actually said, he says this in, in, uh, in Galatians 4. It says, but when the time had fully come, and what that means is when, when the exact right time had come. That's a kairos time, not a chronos. Chronos and kairos, if you know, there's, there's two different types of times in, in the Greek. And chronos is like chronological. So it's like January, February, March, April. The kairos time is basically an oppor- it's the 
it's the perfect time, it's the opportune time when things kind of line up, when all the stars line, when everything comes into place. And so what it says in Galatians here is when the time had fully come, God sent his son. So he picked this very time, one of the darkest times in history, to send his son, which is crazy. But, but as you'll see here, it's actually we shine the brightest when it's the darkest, right? When it's bright out, we don't shine that brightly. When you take a flashlight in the middle of the day and, and shine it, you don't actually see the light. But when it's dark and then you turn a flashlight on, it shines brightly. And I believe this was God sending his son into the darkest time and saying, let there be light. He sends his son and there is light. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm gonna, what I want to hit on here is, is this place of worship, the, the, kind of the theme of, of this service is adore him. And I want us to understand, I want us to walk out of here with a greater understanding of worship to him with our lives. Worship is not just with song. Uh, it, it's not just singing songs and saying we love you. It's actually with all of our lives. It's laying our lives down. And, and I, this is what I want to kind of walk you through. So um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn here. Uh, we'll go quickly through this. But I want to hit just in Matthew 2. Um, it's the story of the Magi and where they come to, uh, to worship the king. Uh, and let me say this. There's, it's crazy that there's actually two groups when you look at the, the, the Christmas story, there's two groups that, that get to worship the king. The first group is this group of, uh, of shepherds, which is kind of the lowest on the rung, and they're the ones that are sleeping out in the field. They're living in the fields, and they're watching their sheep by night. And so they're probably sleeping in the day in the fields, and then they're watching their sheep at night. And, uh, and these are the ones that the angels come to, comes to, and he says, hey, I'm going to show you, you're going to go get to worship the Savior, the King. And uh, how beautiful is that? And then the other group is this Magi. Uh, it's the Magi that come, and, and they see this star in the east, and they come to Jerusalem, and, uh, and there's, they come to King Herod. And they, so here's the, who the Romans have appointed as the King of the Jews, in Jerusalem, and they, they, so the Magi come, and the Magi says they come from the east. They actually, they were, they were Persian. They came from the east, so they weren't from the Roman Empire. And these two empires, again, they were, they were at war against each other, but, uh, but they came from the east. And, and let me explain. Sometimes we, we go, you know, it's we three kings. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to sing the rest. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> but it's, it wasn't just three. It was actually a convoy of these wise men, of these magi. And they were, in a sense, like leaders of, of the people uh, under the king, under the rule. But, but they had such authority. They were actually called kingmakers. And so they had such authority um, and power to, to influence who the kings were. And, uh, and they were the ones that were, they were watching the stars. And, and they were the wise ones. If you know... Daniel um, and the wise men, like Daniel was one of the wise men. Um, he was put over the wise men. And so these were highly kind of looked upon leaders of this region. And here they are all coming in. They come into Jerusalem and they come to see King Herod. 
to basically tell them there's another king. And so follow along with me here. In uh, Matthew 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men, magi, from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? <laughs> He's saying this to the king. We have seen his star in the east, and then this is the beautiful part, and we have come to worship him. They weren't just coming to see this king, but they knew that there was something special about this king. And they, as these leaders, were coming to worship this king. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and so was all of Jerusalem with him. <laughs> so go figure. They're like, wait a minute. There's another king. So there was a disturbance in this, in this region here. Uh, it says, when he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said this. They said, in Bethlehem, in Judea. Uh, this, and that comes out of actually uh, Micah 5. So these were teachers of the law. They knew the scriptures. They dig into them and they go, oh, it's, it's Bethlehem. That's where, that's where he's going to be born. So Herod goes to the, the Magi and he says, they're in Bethlehem. So the Magi head out to Bethlehem. Now, the interesting thing is, is King Herod is like, hey, by the way, when you find him, let me know because I want to come worship him too. <laughs> now, if you know the rest of the story there, he actually didn't want to come worship him. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to take him out because there was a threat there because, wait a minute, he was the king. Who's this other guy that was just being born that they're calling the king of the Jews? So when the Magi go and, and worship him, worship Jesus, they find him, uh, and then they have a dream that says, hey, don't go back. They said, he says, don't go back to Herod. Go a different route. And so once Herod finds this out, what does he do? He actually goes and, uh, and has all of the boys under the age of two in the, in the Bethlehem region killed. Uh, Joseph and Mary are able to escape. They actually head down to... Uh, to Egypt at that time. Um, but what I want to focus in on from here is, is the Magi. When they come, at about the age of two, a little younger than two, they come into this place where Jesus is. And uh, these leaders, these of, with authority, and they walk in, and they says they come into the house. Let me just, actually, I'll just read this. Uh, it says, when the Magi saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. I, if you can imagine this, I mean, this would bring you to tears. This is a beautiful scene of they see Jesus. He's, he's less than two years old and they know immediately who he is and they fall down and they worship him. And then it says this, then they bring, they bring their treasures and they actually, they offer him up gifts and there's three gifts that they offer them and this is where I think you get the three wise men. <laughs> but, uh, but the three gifts that they bring and, and there was more than likely other gifts that were there but the three that are highlighted in the Bible and there's always a reason we, we don't ever pass by uh, what's, what's written in scripture because there's, there is meaning behind it and so what we want to do is say, okay Lord, what does that mean? If we don't understand it, 
dig into it. Don't just kind of bypass it uh, because there's, there's such revelation in the scriptures. But uh, there's three things. So we have the gold, we have frankincense, or Frankenstein, as you saw on the, on the kids' video, <laughs> the green Frankenstein. Frankincense, and then the third one is myrrh. And uh, what I want to just explain here is, is and I, I was asking the Lord about this, and I feel like you can look at this in this way. There were, when they worshipped him, they worshipped him with three things. They worshipped him with their treasures, with their time, and with their talents. They basically worshipped him with all that they have. Again, it's not worship is not just song. It's actually coming before the Lord with everything that we have. It's laying down our lives. There's a scripture in, uh, in Matthew 16. Uh, it says this. It says, whoever, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. For what good is it for a man if he gains the whole world and yet he forfeits his soul? This, this understanding of worship. So this first one, the gold, is our treasures. It says where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's in Matthew 6. And, and so understand this, that when we, when our, and, it's, and it's about the heart. The Lord is looking at the heart. But where your treasure is, there your heart is. And this is a place of worship unto the Lord. So he's saying, look, I want you to worship me with your treasure. Put it in the kingdom. Give it towards, towards things that last, not towards where moth and rust will destroy, but put it in a place where it actually has kingdom impact. Worship me with that. And then he says this, so that, that's the gold. Then you go to the frankincense. Frankincense is, if you look back through scriptures, it's actually, it, it's a, it's an incense that's used in the temple. It's, it's for a place of worship and it's for prayer. Uh, in Psalm 141, it talks about it as a, as, as, um, it, it's a symbol of prayer. And, and this is the other thing we've got to understand is, is when that frankincense is basically the intimacy that we have with the Lord. So it's not about just knowing about someone. It's actually knowing someone intimately. And, and that's the prayer. So Prayer is not just sitting down and saying, Lord, this is what I need. Help me with these things. Prayer is actually a two-way communication with the Lord, and we begin to get to know him. The scriptures are amazing, and we need the scriptures, and the Spirit reveals things in the scriptures to us, but, but that prayer is such a precious thing, and that's the frankincense, I believe, that as we, as we begin to give of our time, this is our time, we begin to give of our time to the Lord that we get to know him. It's it's. Uh, it's me, like, I don't know Christy, I don't know my wife Christy, unless I spend time with her. I can read a lot of books about her, she can write a bunch of things, tell me all about who she is, but until we spend time together, until I spend time with her, I don't know her intimately. I know all about her, but, but I don't really know her. And it's the same thing. It's so important that as we worship him, that we get to know him, that we have a relationship together. And then the third thing is, is the myrrh, and, and this is actually that, it's, it's our talents, I believe. It's the, I equate it to the talents. It's the very things that we do. It's the things that we're good at, but, but that we actually lay down those things for him. The myrrh uh, was actually used as a um, embalming for, for, uh, at death, and uh, even at Jesus' death. And, and it was in his death 
that there was resurrection life. And let me say that as we step into that place of worship, what it does is his, <laughs> what he has for us is much greater than anything that we can, any plan that we have for ourselves. Our plans are not nearly as good as God's plans. He created us. He has the plans for us. He set us up for success. But when we go according to our plans, we're going to hit some, some uh, stumbling blocks along the way. We're going to hit it until we realize that we need, actually need his plan. And when we step into that place of worship with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure, we actually step into the very place that, that he has for us that we can walk in the abundant life that he has. And, and there, is, there, is a, there is, in a sense, a light that comes in on the inside of us. It says that Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. Uh, John 8 says this. It says, Jesus is the light of the world. When we actually worship him with everything that we have, we become like him. His light becomes part of who we are. We're, gonna, we're going to do this, the, the candle light in here soon, and you're going to see there's one single light that it starts with, and it's his light that then lights up all of us. It's only his light. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. But when we begin to worship him, his light comes into us. Let me just show you in, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 3. It says this. It says, And we, who with unveiled faces, we behold the Lord's glory. This is that place of worship to him. When we do that, it says we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory that comes from the Father, that comes from the Lord, it says, who is the Spirit? So I know there's a lot to that. I'm not going to dive into that too deeply, but what I want us to understand is it's who you behold, you become like them. Who you worship, you become like them. If we worship our money or if we worship other things, we actually, like, that becomes who we are. But when we worship Him, there's a light that comes on the inside of us. There's, we actually have the very fruit of the Spirit. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are all things that now like come into us and become our nature and our character. And it's beautiful. The other side of it is a darkness. And so let me just say this. There's like when we walk, and it talks about this in First John, it talks about like you can walk in darkness or you can walk in the light. When you walk in the light, it says he is light. So when we actually abide in him, when we walk in him, when we worship him with all that we have, we actually walk in that light. But here's the thing. Let me ask you, have you ever, uh, have you ever gone home maybe by yourself and, uh, and you go into your house and it's, it's night and you and open the door, and it's pitch black in there, and you're by yourself, no one else is around, no one else is home, and there's that moment of like, oh, somebody's going to jump me. <laughs> somebody's going to come out from the side. Like, all of a sudden, fear comes in, or maybe you're, I don't know, I mean, I'll, sometimes I'll be here late, and I'll walk out, and there's just that moment of, it's pitch black, I'm walking out, there's no one around, and I'm like, all right, this is a little scary. Right? Is it just me? Have you guys ever, have you ever felt that like, whoop, like that fear come in like quickly? 
it, it comes in the dark, right? Do you ever walk out in the middle of the day or when, and have that same fear? No, it's always, at, it's always in the dark. It's always at night. I'm going to give you one more example here. When I was uh, younger, in my younger days in college, um, we, took, we went out with a group to Cozumel and, and went to, we did some scuba diving. Uh, Cozumel is a great place to scuba dive. And, and, uh, and the first dive that we did, so this was in college. I actually got my certification for scuba diving in high school, and, uh, um, but didn't dive since then. I just did, I got my certification, and then for five years I didn't do anything. And then we go on this trip, and I'm like, yeah, I know how to scuba dive. And uh, we go to Mexico. If you know Mexico, like, they don't really care about the rules, or even if you are certified, <laughs> like, you could go and do whatever you want. As long as you give them the money, then you're good. Um, so we're in there, and there's no, there's no, like, refresher, no training. Normally, you're supposed to, like, have a buddy when you go diving, and there's no diving. We go out at, like, 10 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. Uh, we're out in the middle of the ocean, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, I think I remember how to use this stuff, but it's been a few years. I'm sure they'll do a refresher. And, uh, and then they're like, okay, let's go down, and everybody drops, and it's pitch black, out in the middle of the ocean, and it's that feeling of, oh my God, help me. <laughs> what did I just do? And the first thought is, oh, there's sharks all around me. There's sharks swimming under my feet. I say to this in the last service, you hear the words, you know, it's that. But I mean, what your mind starts to go crazy in these times, like when there's darkness and when you can't see what's around you, right? I finally figured it out. I went down. It was a great time. It was fun. You get to see the nightlife, and, and then you turn your light on under the water, and it's great. But it's still pretty freaky at night because you just, you only see where your light is, and everything else is pitch black. And you're like, man, there could be jaws coming right out of the side here. Those are the thoughts that we have. And what I, I want to tie that to is, is in our life, a lot of times we're, in a sense, walking. We still love the Lord. We're, we're going, you know, we're, we go to church. We do all these things. But we're not necessarily worshiping the Lord with everything that we have. And when we step out of that place and we kind of begin to walk in the ways of the world, what happens is you start to kind of walk in that darkness and you begin to feel those fears rise up. You begin to feel that fear of, oh my gosh, this could happen or that could happen. And, and anxiety hits and fear hits. And, and all of a sudden, you're like, the worst things that could happen start to like take control of your mind, right? Don't, don't look at me like you're all just more holy. <laughs> I, it happens to me often. Like there are times. And what I have to do is I got to get back into that place of just worshiping him. He's the light. He's the light of the world. And when I set my eyes on him, when I set my heart on him, when I give all to him, it takes that fear away. It takes all that anxiety. It takes all those things away. And I actually now set my eyes on the King of kings, on the Lord of lords, and he's the one that directs my path. And then it becomes a beautiful thing. It doesn't mean that there aren't storms around us. It doesn't mean that there aren't, there's not darkness around us. But that's okay. Because when, when I'm with him, when I'm in him, when I'm abiding in him, when I'm worshiping him and adoring him, there is no fear. There's no fear in my mind. There's no anxiety. There is actually peace in the midst of the storm. And my heart is, this evening is that, that 
each one of us, that we would get this, that we would actually, in those moments where fear comes in, that we'd go, oh, wait a minute. There's something I can do about this. I can begin to set my eyes on him. I can begin to worship him with everything that I am. I begin to lay my life down. And it says, there's a scripture, it says, death has no sting. When we walk into that place, it's like there's no fear anymore. We walk in boldness. And we walk in his power and his authority. Not our own understanding. But now we walk with him. And it's a much better place to be. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm going to just wrap up here. Let me say this. Again, just to kind of reiterate, it's kind of like, so we're like a flashlight. But if I hold a flashlight up and go, hey, look, I'm full of light, and I don't turn it on, or I don't put the batteries in it, it's not really, it doesn't give me any light, right? That's what we are. We're, we're a flashlight, but we have no batteries, we have no power. When we actually come into that place of worship, it's like putting the batteries in. And now when we turn that thing on, we actually shine brightly. We become a light to those around us. It's not just for our own self, but we actually become a light. We give light. That's what Jesus says. In Matthew 5, he talks about it. He says that we would be light, the light, the like city on a hill. We're, we are the light to the world. And it comes from being in him, beholding him, and becoming his light. The scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 says this, we're jars of clay. <laughs> it's it's kind of like we're the, we're the flashlight without the batteries. We're jars of clay. But it says this right after that. But it says we have the all-surpassing power of God within us. So realize that it's not about us, but it's actually who comes on the inside of us when we worship him with our whole lives, with all that we have, with all that we are. Amen? I want to take just this moment here to, before we move forward and and do the candle lighting, just to, uh, if you have never taken the, opportunity to to allow Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If if maybe you've kind of walked away and you've felt like you've been in that that darkness and it's been just that fear and that anxiety and and those things in your life, I I just want to give you this opportunity just to to say yes to him again, to kind of come back into that place, to, to walk with him and to worship him once again. And again, it's, it's not just about a prayer, but it's the start. It's, it's, we begin to speak that, and then we begin to live that out. It's a lifestyle that begins to shift. It's not to say that we live it perfectly. We, all, we mess up. There's grace. God has such grace for us. But he wants us to walk in his perfect will. He wants us to walk in his ways. So I'm going to just do this. I'm going to I'm going to say a prayer. And I just want you guys to repeat it after me. And if if it's if this is you, I just want to sit you just to say this from your heart. But we're going to repeat it out loud. And uh, and let this begin. Let this be kind of that stake in the ground that from this day forward, I'm going to live a life where I'm going to I'm going to bring the gold. I'm going to bring the frankincense. I'm going to bring the myrrh. I'm going to come to the feet of Jesus and give this to him and say Jesus, it's yours. My life is yours. It's in your hands. It's a much better place to be. And when we do that, 
He pours out his love into our hearts. So here we go. You can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are light. You're the only light. You're the only way. And you're the only life. I'm sorry that I've walked in my own way. I want to walk in your way. I want to learn your ways. Forgive me for living my own life. I look to you. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. And from this day forward, I choose to worship you with my whole life, with all that I am. You will be my light. I will adore you. I will worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that for the first time, or if that's just a time of coming back to him, I would love if you just to share that with me. Uh, you can email me at, the rock, at mike at therock.org or just come up and tell me. Man, we'd love to just run with you guys. And uh, I know we live on this earth, and it's, it's tough at times. But, man, when we do this together, when we come together, it is beautiful. We're meant to run together. We're not meant to do this alone. Will you guys stand? I just felt, I felt this earlier, and I just, I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to put your hands out. And I want you to take a deep breath. And listen to these words. Just keep your eyes closed. This is something that the Lord just kind of downloaded to me. It's, it's not a thus saith the Lord, but I feel like this is going to minister to the hearts of you guys. And so just hear these words. Receive them as the Lord just kind of speaking to you. This is your finest hour. When you've done all to stand, stand in me. Knowing that the power and the strength that you have, it's not from you. It's from me. It's from my spirit. It's from my grace. It's from my love. It's from my peace. I have commissioned you to go out with joy, to be led forth with peace. Do you not know and have you not heard? I am the Lord your God, and on me alone will you succeed. So abide in me. Stay in me, know me intimately, and adore me. You will know me by the peace that I put in your heart when things look dim. Look to my light. I'm the light of this world. I am the only light. There is no other light. When your eyes see my light, it will enlighten you with a light that will outshine all darkness, all evil, all terror, and all fear. My light is love. And my love, it will never fail. It will never forsake you. That's my promise. So arise and strengthen yourself in me, and you will know that I am God. Don't live by what you see, but by your knowledge of me. Put your faith in my words. Put your trust and your hope in me. And when you do this, I will guide you through the blinding storm. 
and I will lead you to the stillness of my heart. This is a peace that surpasses all understanding, and the strength of this world will not overtake you. I love you. You are my precious ones, my treasured possession. It is time to arise in me and shine. May this be your finest hour. Lord, I thank you for every person here, and I pray that, Lord, we would shine like lights in this time, that we would be bright, Lord, that our eyes would be on you, that our hearts would be set upon you, and that we would lay down everything at your feet, at the feet of Jesus, just as the Magi did. Lord, thank you for this opportunity we have to know you in a deep way and to worship you with all that we have, with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to finish with uh, a candle lighting here. and <laughs> I hear the kids going, yes! <laughs> Get ready. So this candle, this candle represents Jesus. Bigger than all your candles, right? <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Let's remember that as, as, as we light this candle and that this candle lights all of your candles, that Jesus is our light, that we get our light from him. It's the words of in Matthew 5 that I talked about earlier. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So let's worship him, and here we go.